0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old time music with Cameron Dewitt and friends. This week's friend is Ruby John. We recorded this last week at the Earful of Fiddle music and dance camp in Rodney, Michigan. Uh, Chris, Bruce, Nick, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time and I can't wait to come back. Attention Pacific Northwesterners, I'm teaching intermediate and advanced clawhammer banjo at Janie's Jumpstart Camp this November in Portland, Oregon, and I would love to hang out with you that weekend and play some tunes. And if you don't need clawhammer lessons, come study fiddle with Jane Rothfield, beginner banjo with Shona Carr, or guitar, old-time songs, and flat footing with Charmaine Slavin, some of my all-time favorite Get Up in the Cool guests. You can sign up at JaniesJumpstart.com or follow the link in the show notes. I hope to see you there. I wanna thank Elderly Instruments in Lansing, Michigan for sharing Get Up in the Cool online with their customers and increasing the reach of the show. Next time you need an instrument upgrade or new music gear, visit their online store at elderly.com. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how you can keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Ruby John. Enjoy. Medicine.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Ruby John, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that tune?
1: The name of that tune is Medicine Fiddle.
0: Where where did you get that tune?
1: I got that tune... The, well, the first time I heard it was from the documentary The Medicine Fiddle. And then um, I believed I learned it from Anne Letterman, who I met at a camp up in Canada on St. Joseph Island um, at Ogoma Chad. And then...
0: Did you say Ogoma trad? Algoma Trad? Algoma Trad. Yep. Algoma. Okay, Algoma cool. Trad, yep. Cool.
1: And then I, um, I learned, I learned it from her. Then I think I just kind of listened to the movie a couple times with Teddy, who played it was Teddy Boy Huel, who is from, I believe, Manitoba. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so that's kind of where I learned the tune. Yeah. So. Because I'm
0: like um, totally ignorant about canadian geography especially um in the eastern part mm-hmm. where is that manitoba yeah manitoba really is gonna be out more no i gonna, cut this out <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. yeah so very safe. no it's more it?
1: over it's west
0: it's west it's
1: west yeah that's even worse yeah oh yeah. my god okay i think manitoba is kind of like well there's ontario okay which is above michigan-ish Kind of, because, it, like, it's above Michigan, but it kind of, like, goes over, like, New York and stuff, too. Yeah. I think. And then um, go out west. And then I think Manitoba is next to Ontario.
0: Okay. Manitoba. So is it the one above the Dakotas? Yes, yeah. Okay, so that is, like, where people think of Métis fiddling yes, being yeah. centralized. Yep. And mm-hmm. so he is a Métis, mm-hmm. a Métis fiddler? He is a Métis fiddle okay, player, yeah. cool, yep. mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Very good.
1: And a lot of my um, Métis... Knowledge comes from, because um, I, was, I wasn't born into playing Metis stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I really feel, I know that I've, for a lot, of, like even for camps and workshops and stuff, I get workshops for Metis um, fiddle playing. And I really respect that, and I'm really, I'm really honored to be asked to teach Metis stuff, but I really feel like a lot of Metis fiddle players, I really respect them, and I think highly of Metis fiddle players. Yes. And I really feel like a lot of it comes from kind of um being born into it and being, you know yeah. a lot of Metis players like it comes from their culture and like they, it's being passed down from generation to generation.
2: Yeah.
1: And um that I, I didn't get that, but I, I got what I did get was I got I got very lucky to know about the documentary The Medicine Fiddle. Yeah. And I also got very, very lucky to have Matt Ann Letterman who um knows Tons of Métis fiddle players and really studied Métis hmm. culture and Métis um, fiddling. And um, I met her at Algoma Trad when I was, I think I was like 15. And I, um, she asked, she was doing a project at the time. She was getting ready to do this project uh, called the Elder Youth Project. And it was um, Métis elders would come to Toronto and teach um, young Métis fiddle players. Or um, in, my, in my case, a native fiddle player. Yes. Um, I got. I was. I was really lucky because I was the only person from the states. I was the only native. She asked. She met me, and she was like, "We don't have anybody else from the states that's doing this." She's like, "But if you are willing," she goes, "We can probably figure out funding and whatever." Yeah. And if you're, you know, my. I think my mom paid for a lot of it too to get me to Toronto for me to study with a group of young, all kids. I was. This is like ten years ago, I think. So I was like seventeen, eighteen when yeah. this was all happening, and um, all the kids were around. I think. Um, The youngest, I think she was like 16. And I think the oldest might have been like 24. So we were all fairly young and we were learning from elders. And we went to Toronto and we went to the Conservatory of Music there. Yeah. And we met with these, we met with, uh, trying to remember who, how, how we met in, I think July. And we went for a week in July and we um, studied with two elders. I think it might have been... James Chichu maybe and no I think John Arcan and then mm. we, and then we met with Teddy Boy and I think August and it was supposed to be another fiddle player from I can't pronounce this it's up in the Arctic okay. And I've tried to pronounce it, and I've slotted it a few times. Okay. So a few people have, like, corrected me, so I don't, <laughs> want to, I don't want to say it right now. We'll
0: just, like, look it up, and then ADR yeah, you, and, like, yeah. <laughs> it would the perfect yeah, pronunciation.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, But he's from up in the Arctic. His name is Colin Agin. Mm. And James Chichu was from James Bay. Teddy Boy was from Manitoba. And John Arcan is from Saskatchewan. Okay. And so, um, and John Arcan is a really big Métis fiddle player. Mm and um, I remember him and I mean all of them I was really kind of excited to meet but I was you know I knew who John Arcan was and I knew who Teddy Boy was from Medicine Fiddle because he's like yeah. one of the main people in Medicine Fiddle and um, so I was like John Arcan, when i when, when we met him I was like almost fangirling I was just like yeah. super excited <laughs> but I tried to hold my composure yeah. and then Teddy Boy was another one that I was just like and my mom, my mom is, like, the biggest lover of traditional music. Like, uh, old bluegrass, old country, old everything. And she hopped on to Métis music from um, the medicine, I think, I, I believe, yeah. the medicine fiddle. And then she yeah. like just went on YouTube. Yeah. And, like, I remember I was, I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled um, for my high school years. Like, end of eighth grade through high school and so like with when i was doing you know schoolwork, she would be like on youtube or whatever looking up like these fiddle players and these like m- looking up metis music and looking up just like any kind of like fiddling and she did so like so like that's all that was playing
0: and was she doing that because she she sp- at the time to- you were already playing fiddle at mm-hmm. the time but mm-hmm. not uh metis fiddling
1: no at, no not not yet yeah yeah
0: and um how old were you at this point before I she... I was
1: probably... I was probably about 14. Okay. 14, 15.
0: So she was, like, looking for uh, a, a type of fiddling.
1: Yeah. She ran across Métis fiddling from the Medicine Fiddle. Yeah. And she just fell in love with it. She fell in love with the style. She fell yeah. in love with um, being... Because I'm Native American. And yes. um, Métis is... A mix between native and French, I think yes. mostly, um, but a lot, a lot of the people on Medicine Fiddle definitely looked native, yeah. and so she, she was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Like, yeah, because we we're used to like we we were used to like going to powwows and stuff like that, and so my mom, she just she, I think, really what got her into like fiddling was she remembers when she was growing up. Um, her grandma listened to fiddle music and she had no idea what it was. Hmm. And so she really spent like half her life looking for this music, not oh. knowing what it was, what it was she was looking for. So wait, native grandma or uh, Irish no, grandma? Irish grandma. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the non-native part of her family. Okay. Cool. And, um, she spent like half her life looking for this music. Yeah. And I remember... Um, When I was growing up, she would listen to a lot of country, but as I was learning to play fiddle, and I started learning about 10, 11-ish was when I started learning, Um, I remember we would be in between, so I had two brothers, so there was three of us, and we would take piano lessons, and only one of us could go on to the lesson at a time. Yeah. So she would have to figure out, you know, something yeah. to do with the other two of us. But yeah. we were, you know, the other one was in a lesson. And so we would go to a bookstore yeah. that had like, she would go into the world music section yeah. and she would just like listen to the samples of the CDs yeah. and anything that had any kind of fiddling, whether it be old time, French Canadian, Cape Breton, Irish, anything that had fiddling in it, she'd be like, oh, okay, this is a good CD. Yeah. So, And then we would listen to it. I, uh, there's some CDs that I know that I, I, you know, I can, I know what the next track's going to be Yeah. just from, and it wasn't even for me listening to it. It was just my mom listening to it in the house. And so
0: it's just baked in there. It was, it was, it
1: was, it was was like, she would wake up in the morning. First thing she would do is put on anything with fiddle in it. And then, um, but then she's kind of, you know, after throughout the years, I know she still loves all types of fiddling, but Métis, of fiddle playing is like one of her favorites and we've yeah. and from um, me now playing more than I have you know when I was younger mm. um, I've traveled into um, Canada a lot and I don't really play for Métis communities much I play for more First Nations communities so yeah. I go on to reservations and I get to go play for communities and it's I feel really really lucky to have the opportunity to be able to do that because I get to be... Um, kind of, like, this, this is going to be, like, kind of a history thing, I guess, because... Please. Um, yeah, so, uh, for me, I don't speak my native language first, or nor have I ever really learned it.
0: What, what is your native language? Anishinaabe. Anishinaabe? Yep, mm-hmm. okay.
1: So, I'm, uh, I'm Odawa, but the community that I'm from is a mix between Ojibwe and Odawa. And it's the okay. Grand Traverse Band of Ottawa and Chippewa Indians. Okay. And so, um, in we speak Anishinaabe and... So that's
0: a a multi-tribal language.
1: Uh, kind of. I know that a lot of... It's mainly Ojibwe, but, like, there's different dialects. Okay. There's different dialects. And I know that my community, that was our... Before, like, my... My grandma was somebody who went into the boarding school era. So she was somebody that was taken from her family. And And she was somebody who spoke our language up until she was eight years old.
0: And then they were and like, then, get it out.
1: And then they, yeah. And so yeah. she lost all of that. She can understand a lot of it, yeah. but she really can't speak it anymore. And there's, there's certain words that um, my family uses that we don't say, in, that we rarely say in English. Yeah. And, um, but, so, that happening... I feel getting to play the fiddle and going into Canada and being able to play at different parts in in these different communities in Canada, a lot of these communities up there, they know the language. And a lot of the things that I get to play for are language camps or um, language conferences. And it's so cool to be around fluent speakers. And I think that's one of my, like, not just the music, but for me being around native speaking, Mm. uh, our language first is so beautiful
0: and and there are people who speak that uh y- your language in canada in canada mm-hmm. because it it crosses over
1: it, well for us there was no borders right of course and so like yeah. there are um i know there's some Madawa in canada um but ojibwe mainly yeah are in um tr- like ontario yeah parts of ontario and so um we are, like, you know, there are a lot of people from, like, my community have a lot of, rela- relati- like, relations in Canada. And so it kind of all crosses over. And, um, it's, for me, I get to see, like, both sides of the, both sides of the pond, kind of. Because yes. I, I get to go into Canada so much. And it's so interesting to see, like, the different treaty rights that they have that we don't have here in the States. Yeah. And, um... Like, you know, a lot of the, they up there they get to have tax exempt, so, like they're tax free yeah. and everything and well like when they buy something, it's tax free. And like we don't get that here in the States. And then like yeah. um they are I believe I I'm I might not have this correct, but I think that they um when you're native of there I think you're a dual citizen. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So, you know, they get to A lot of times they come into the, like, my, the people that I'm really close with, like, they'll come here shopping and then go back over and, like, it's, lots of times I'm like, oh, man, that's nice, you know, and, like, they have, but, like, even at the border, I've, I've only done this once, and I know, like, a lot of my friends and family and close, people that I'm close with are always, like, when you go to the border, just show them your, your your status card. Yeah. Or, we call it our tribal ID, but, um, your status card, (laughs) and, like, it should be technically easier to get through the border. Yeah. But uh, I my mom and I showed our status cards one time yeah. going we were crossing and Port Huron in Michigan going to Sarnia. And when we um, showed our status cards, we got pulled we got pulled over and uh, searched and ooh. our whole car was searched and uh, we kind of looked like we were going Maybe moving, but we okay. just had a, lot, just of had a lot of blankets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of blankets and pillows, yeah. and we had a van. And they had to like do a background check on my mom and know that she had a job and know that she had enough money to get us. I was like, it was the craziest. So after that situation, I just never. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna take a passport. And yeah. Just do it I, the- I always, I always <laughs> have my case. tribal ID on me, but. I just don't. I'm not this like you know. Here, here you go. So you
0: don't just flash it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> expect like expect everything to <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah,
1: I'm just like well, I'm just gonna give you my either my enhanced idea or my yeah. passport, and hopefully this doesn't <laughs> <laughs> send a red flag and get me pulled over. Hey, I avoid that as much as possible.
0: Can we put it, Big John
1: McNeil? Yeah. Next. Yeah. This is um. Yeah. Let me. Yeah, we'll do this. Yeah,
0: we'll uh, cut the tuning out so don't say anything too interesting while you're tuning. Okay, you gotta save it, just talk about the weather. <laughs> yeah, the day.
1: So, should I talk about the tune yeah. before we play? Yes, please. okay, okay. Yeah. So, um, I think this is one of my favorite fiddle tunes like of all times. I there was a time where I got sick of it and I didn't play it for like <laughs> I mean, I played it, but I didn't really like love to play it but i um this tune i when i get to go and play for um on different reservations and different places and lots of times this is a big hit yeah this is like a lot of people's favorite tunes and um i work with uh motivational speaking company out of um garden river ontario yeah and uh that's been so much fun because i've gotten to travel to different parts of Ontario and go to, um, and go in and see different communities. And, um, but this is my boss's favorite tune. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's a jigger. He does jigging. Which oh, cool. Jigging is not like Irish jigging, not like that, 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 you know, like not the typical jig steps that you would yeah. think is a jig. Cause when they say jigging, it's typically, it's always done to a reel. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's just kind of like a, I don't really know how to explain it because I can't do it. I'm not a, I'm not much of a dancer at all, but, um, it kind of, I mean, to give kind of like an idea, it kind of looks, I guess, kind of like flat footing. It kind of, yeah. a little bit, okay. uh, not really, but kind of, um, they don't, when they, when they jig, typically they don't have like any taps or like, you know,
2: yeah. but it is percussive.
1: Suits. It It is kind of, it is percussive. Like you can yeah. hear it. Yeah. But lots of times it's just done in the like, you know, whatever shoes they have on. Some people wear their moccasins. some people wear, you know, their slippers, whatever they have on their feet. It's just like you just enjoy dancing to, yeah. the, you know, the music. But Dave, his name is Dave Jones, and he is, he's a great jigger, fantastic jigger. And when I met him, I was going through some, I was like, I was around that teenage years where I was being made fun of for playing fiddle. And um, this was his favorite tune. I didn't think that he when I met him, I was scared to meet him because I was scared that I was gonna be made fun of by him for some reason for playing the fiddle. Yeah. And my mom was like, No, he's Canadian. He probably loves fiddle yeah. music. <laughs> Which is really weird, but that's what happened. And he yeah. he come up and he was like he's like, I love the fiddle. I love it. Hmm. And he the first thing he asked me, he's like, Can you play Big John McNeil? And I was like, Yeah. And so and not last year as much, but the year before I traveled with him a lot. And yeah. this was like
0: he was like Play Big John M- yeah, again. Yeah, yeah,
1: number one number, yeah. number one song. <laughs> like, number I one can. tune of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it
1: was so like I think I would have gotten sick of it, but I I love this tune. Yeah. And I love to play like when I play places and it's so funny, I'll, I'll play the tune and about a half hour later somebody will walk in and they'll be like, "Can you play Big John yeah. McNeil?" and I'm like, "Yes, I can play Big John <laughs> McNeil," You know, like and I I don't ever for some reason like with me and playing, there's some tunes that I like. I feel like I would get sick of, and maybe I do. But if somebody, for me, like I get more enjoyment out of playing something that somebody wants to hear. Hmm. Like, and it's I. I feel like that's odd for some musicians, because like I know some people that are like, no, I will never play sure. that tune. You know, musicians
0: like, tend to be self-indulgent.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So it's nice when you. I think well,
1: like what happens with me is I'm just like, oh man, I got to play this tune again. But then when I start playing it and I see how happy it makes that other person, I'm just like, that's you know, if I can you know make somebody else happy, that (laughs) this makes me happy. So this is one of those tunes that I feel like I get asked to play a lot, and I don't get sick of playing.
0: Well, Ever. at least you don't get asked to play dueling banjos.
1: Yeah. So the, it the could other be worse. one is Orange Blossom
0: Special. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But and that's <laughs> that one. one that's one. That's typically one that I'm like, you have to wait till the end of the night. Like, either, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> either you. And
1: it's not because I don't want to play it, but I, I. The one time I was someplace and I played, there was one lady. She kept asking me. She's like, "Can you play my tune? Can you play? Can you play Orange Blossom Special? Yeah." And she would come up to me, and my mom was like, she been asking me, can you play that tune yeah. for her? And I'm like, can she just wait? Like, and she goes, I want to go to bed, and like she was really tired, and I was like, or she had something to do, and I was like, okay, I'll play it. And yeah. so I played it, and half my crowd left after like oh, <laughs> it no. was halfway through the night, and half of them left. And so I tell that story to people. I'm like, if you want to hear Orange Blossom Special, you have to wait at least at least until like the very end, like close to the end of the night. So I'm not playing like for a whole hour to. Yeah. Nobody. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you really want to, right, do tonight, it. Tonight,
0: I'm just going to like periodically ask yeah. you is it time yet? Is it time <laughs> yeah, yet? Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so well, big let's jump. make sure yeah. we're yeah. into each other. I think I may have. It's getting hot. Ready? Yeah. Two, three,
2: four. <laughs>
1: tune
0: that is so that tune's so fun on purpose yeah yeah it's great
1: (laughs) i don't even know i don't know who wrote i think it's a traditional tune i love it
0: is that a metis tune
1: uh no i don't think it is but a lot of metis i hear a lot of metis people play it okay i feel like that's one of the Mm. ones that they play a lot i i first heard that tune actually from the salim fiddlers in michigan i um i went to like one of those shows and i remember i fell in love with it like right off the bat and um my fiddle teacher who's actually here at Earful, she was my first fiddle teacher, Chris Williams. I remember I like heard that tune and I was just like, Can you like teach me that yeah, tune? Yeah. And at that time I specifically remember this. Like A was hard for me to play on the lower strings uh-huh. of the violin because I had to use like a high three. And I just remember her always telling me like you gotta get higher. It's a little it's a little flat. You gotta get higher and I was like <laughs> that was such a stretch for me as a kid. But yeah, it's was like one of my favorite tunes. Mm. Definitely. Like a one I don't ever get sick of playing. So, so
0: um, I'm somewhat ignorant about this, uh, but my impression is that Canada—you're you, talking about the um, the the school, the quote-unquote, like school programs the, yeah, where the they boarding would
1: boarding school where they yeah. would
0: kidnap. I don't know if this maybe you could correct me. My impression is that it was bad in Canada, but not. Nearly as bad as it was in the states. No,
1: okay. no that's not that's not true. It okay, was, it was equally yeah, bad. it, was, it okay. was equally bad. Yeah, okay. um, it was bad everywhere. I, I yeah. think I don't think that it was. Um, I know that for it's really interesting, especially coming from somebody. And the thing that I think that like a lot of people like don't understand is like a lot of people think that it was so long ago, right? That it was like you know, back in the pioneer days, like people aren't still alive that it happened to and it's not that's not true a lot of the people are still very alive that had yeah. that had that it happened to um my grandma being one of them yeah. my mom went to one of the boarding schools yeah. and not in the same um same situation she did end up at um the same boarding school my grandma went to actually hmm. up in the harbor springs michigan called uh holy childhood and um but yeah they were um the the boarding schools were all over in canada and the states. Yeah. And, um, I've, I've heard so many horrible stories. Yeah. Um, just heartbreaking. Uh, and it's, it, it, from that separation, I think from, um, not only losing your culture and your language, but also being taken away from your parents at such a young age Mm. that I think, you know... It's what they call historical trauma. Yeah. And um, even... And so, like, even at my generation, we're still feeling that. And yeah. it's very... I think that it's... I think I see... I, I feel like I see a change now. Like, you can see um, that the the history has come out and that people have talked about it. And I feel like it getting out and being more well-known and, like, you know, not just in Native communities, but it being taught... To people, like, and I don't even think that, like you said, like I'm ignorant about it. Yeah, I don't even think that it's that. I just think that it wasn't talked about and people didn't learn about it. So I don't, I don't really. When I talk to people about it, I don't like. I don't really think that people are ignorant. Sometimes I just think that they just. It's not their fault that they didn't know. Right. It just wasn't taught, and it was something that people tried. to... It's not something
0: people are proud of. It's not no, exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly.
1: And you know, I think the thing. I think the thing, and and I'm, I'm saying this, and I'm, I don't know if I have this right or not, but I feel like a lot of people think that Canada didn't had it less, but the thing about Canada is they, they recognize it.
0: Yeah, so they like actually did some work to
1: some work. Some work. I I think it could be a lot better, to be honest. But in the states, I don't think they recognize it at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's, it's really. that's kind of, like, I think that's where, like, the little, you know, the difference is, kind yeah. of. But it definitely was no better Yeah. than the other, you know. A lot of people, it you see it from generation to generation to generation. I feel like now, like, native, like, people, kids, like, the generation my age, I feel like they have learned about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like... I know and I'm just going to speak for myself. My grandma went through it and she didn't hide it. Yeah. She was very open with talking to our family about what happened. Mm. And she was very um she was very you know just uh, just very open about it. And so like my mom knowing that, my mom going through it, she was very open with talking about what happened and educating
2: yeah
1: myself on it and um it was always about, you know, just trying to make a better life yeah. for, you know, you can't and you can't really change that it happened. Mhm. But um I think that like I'm just speaking for myself, I just think that my my grandma is such a strong person and she's come so far for what she went through yeah and i feel i i feel really lucky to have somebody in my family that that's that that strong and that is so loving because my grandma is a very such a loving person and um our my mom's side of the family especially is just you know she is the center of our family and it's really you know it's really beautiful and to listen to my grandma talk about, you know, her life. I mean, that's all she that's based lots of times that's all she talks about. And it's really cool to go for rides with her around the places where she grew up cuz she can point like it looks like an open field. Yeah. But she's like this person lived here yeah. and this person lived here and that person lived way back there and this is what they did. And it's just really cool to like kind of, you know, hear history from somebody who is like, you know, just has yeah. lived it. So, yeah, I I know that a lot of people think that Canada had it less, but...
0: I think we like to sometimes, like, idealize Canada a little yeah, bit. I think so, too. A little, and some stuff gets swept you know, under the rug. You know, and...
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the other big thing that I think that is happening that is... Um, it's starting to come out more is there's the missing and murdered indigenous woman. Yeah. And, um... I... Uh, well, one, I watched the movie Wind River... I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that but I, that that was kind of that that spoke to it really I think pretty loudly but um also being travel as much as I travel and hearing about it and all these different stories like I see it on Facebook and when I was in parts of Canada I heard it like on the news and I'd hear stories from people and it's alarming and it's shocking but um I just I don't know. I I think that, and I'm not that. I just I like. I like to. I I'm very proud that I'm Native American, mm-hmm. and I'm very proud that I get these opportunities to talk about these situations and kind of educate people. But, um, I'm not somebody who likes to likes to feel like you know, the sad parts of everything. Yeah. Because there's 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 I think there's. There was no beauty in the boarding schools, I don't think. But but there was... The thing that I know that my grandma has said, I think she has said, and, and I've heard this from other people too, is like, even though there was... Boarding school was no good yeah. at all. No, Not good for yeah. anybody, but... I know, I think, I believe... I've heard from some people is like some... The thing that they... Some people were appreciative of is that they did have food. You know, they did have some food. But... And there's some people that, it's not, like, their story is not always bad about boarding schools. But m- when you weigh out the good and the bad, sure. there's more bad than there is good. Right. And... People,
0: people find ways to be joyful... Exactly. W- ...despite their situation. Despite their situation.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I'm one of those people. Like, I, sure. I feel like, you know, I've, I've known a lot of sad stuff in life and heard about a lot of it. And it, it really does, like, when I'm... A, one of the places that I went to, and it was with, um, Turtle Concepts, um...
0: Is that the motivational? The motivational speaking yeah. company
1: okay. that I worked with. Um, there was one place that we went to and there was a lot of boarding school survivors there. Yeah. And I, you got to hear a lot of the stories and a lot of the pain that they went through. And it, I'm not much of a cry. I don't cry. Yeah. It takes me, it's really hard. It's really it takes a lot for me to cry. But hearing them talk about it and just... Knowing that they went to the same school as my grandma and my mom, it really hit home for me. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, like, it's just, you never would have thought that that would have happened to anybody, but there's a lot of stuff in history that you wouldn't think that would, you know, it's kind of crazy that happened to people. I think there's a lot of bad, there's a lot of bad history out there.
0: So I'm glad we talked about this for a while, because this is going to help put in context the bullying that you received yeah. from your community mm-hmm. for playing the fiddle. Mm-hmm. Because at the boarding schools, the goal is to strip you of indigenous yes. culture and a- assimilate through yes. brainwashing yeah. um, into a, a colonial
1: culture. Right. Yeah.
0: And you played the fiddle yeah. in your community and that was
1: controversial it, it was and it's it's so it, it was controversial but it's so interesting like there were a lot of elders in our community that remembered people playing fiddles and they were having square dances in their in their living room and i think my grandma she remembers peeking in i think it was my grandma this is a story and i, I could be wrong but i think it was my grandma she remembers like looking through a window and watching um square dances happening yeah and, um, I don't think like the kids weren't allowed to be there, like yeah. it was like you know an adult party or whatever, but like there's a lot of elders that remember fiddling, and there's like in, in like in Canada and stuff like fiddling, and in some communities, it's a very big part of their culture yeah and um but for my community in particular, it was just something that was not done, and they uh a lot of people associated it with i guess you could say white culture, yeah. And, um, so it was, it was different. And a lot of people like, you know, just like, and I, I say this to everybody, I hate using this. I hate using these terms. I hate putting people in categories and stuff and putting labels on things. But, um, the, like the thing that I heard all the time was like, Oh, why do you want to play that? Why do you want to be white? Yeah. You know? And
0: a lot to put on it, a child. A to You're put on betraying. On the, exactly. Us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. That sucks. Me
1: as an adult now, I'd be like, "Who the heck cares?" You know yeah. what I mean? But as a child, I was just like, I wanted to please everybody, and I was yeah. just like, "Why am I?" You know? Why? I just I yeah. really enjoy doing what I do, yeah. and then you know, I went through those situations in my community, and then I started. Well, I got to be a part of that project in Toronto, and I was mm-hmm. around. You know, because. Even though they called it a Métis project, it wasn't just Métis people in it. it was it was Native or First Nations people part yeah. of the project too? And um, and then I got to go to Garden River with that project and teach, kind of teach fiddle with that project. Yeah. And so I got to go there, and then when I was in Garden River, um, actually, I I p- my piano, my keyboard player, my piano player. Uh, George Trudeau is from Wiki um, on Manitoulin Island. Yeah. And he was a language, he come to our community to be a language teacher. And when I met him, I, it was around the same time, like, it's so funny how all this happened around the same time that I was being made fun of in my community. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was being made fun of in my community probably from like, probably like 12 to, I want to say like. It started to lighten up around 6, like my end, like almost being 17. And then when I was about 8, when I was 17, 18, that's when I started to get... um, When So, I guess I know I told you about this before we were recording, but um, when I did that, I did a talent show, and I was, you know, we tied, and the way they broke the tie was the uh, uh, audience applause, and the group of kids that tied with us, they got a loud applause, and then they... Held their hands over us, and we oh, didn't. What
0: were they doing in the? Do you remember? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. They were doing um like a karaoke, like a singing. They were singing. Uh, I think it was an. It was the Kid Rock and Cheryl Crow.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I put your picture away. Yes, oh yes, my God.
1: Yes, they sang that song, and we played. We played some tunes. My brothers and I did, and and so. And, like, we were kids. Yeah. Like, you know, they did a great job. Yeah. It takes a lot for that age kid, for you at that age to get up in front of an audience. Yeah. And to get up in front of your own community It's a big thing. So, like, you know, it was no me, the person I am. I'm like, okay, we tied. Cool. Whatever. you Yeah. Know? yeah. And, of course, at that age, I didn't want to lose. But if I, you know, didn't win, okay, that's sure. fine. sure. You know, we're going to take second and take some money home anyways. Yeah. But what happened was, you know... They made a loud applause for them, and then it come to us, and it wasn't just a loud applause. It was booing. Yeah. And, one, now being an adult myself, I would never boo a child. No. For any sort of thing that they were doing. I don't care. Yeah. But um, to have that happen at that age, it just kind of like... And at that moment, I remember at that moment, I was like... I might have been at 13. Yeah. 12, 13. And I remember I left there and, like, it wasn't, we weren't, ups, I wasn't upset about losing. I was upset about being made fun of. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, like, my mom wasn't going to force us to play out anymore. Yeah. Like, she wanted us to keep learning and she, like, asked me what I wanted to do and I was just like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep playing and this is what I want to do. Yeah. I remember that's like was like a turning point for me and I was like and really I just wanted to prove everybody that laughed at me and made fun of me I wanted to prove them wrong. I yeah. was like I'm going to somehow I'm going to be known for playing this thing. Yeah. Hopefully in a good way and I my biggest thing was I wanted to be hired by my own community. I wanted them to ask me to play. <laughs> and when I was 17 that's what happened. Yeah. They they I was a part of a country band. Yeah playing at our casino, and I wasn't even allowed in the casino at the time because I wasn't 18. (laughs) But I was, and then after that, I just started, like, there was certain community events and people were like, can you come play? And I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I, (laughs) life goal has been met, like, (laughs) but, um, no, when I was, so like going back to George, when I was 14, I think 14, 15, he was in our community learning or teaching the language. He was a language teacher he's a fluent speaker, and um he just come in and there was my mom we had this piano in there in our in our tribal library and that's where my mom was working I was homeschooled so I was just kind of in our tribal library was a our tribal school' it was like an alternative school for um youth to go to and then my mom worked there as a library as a librarian and that's why I would just go to do my schooling yeah. And so I, I had my fiddle there, and George come in, and he's seen the piano, and I can't remember. My mom might have told him that I was a fiddle player, and he, he was like, oh, can you, you know, play a tune? And it's this, the first time we played together is actually on YouTube. Hor- not a, I shouldn't say a horrible video. It's off <laughs> us playing Big John McNeil, which is really funny. But... The piano was out of tune. Yeah. And he's a great <laughs> piano player. And it was so, like, I always wanted, like, that Canadian style yeah. of piano playing. And he played it. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this guy is awesome. And after that, me and him just started playing. And he that's, uh, he took me back to his community. Uh, he got us a job in his community playing one year. And it was just, like, so cool to, like, be around other natives that loved fiddle playing. And in that community they loved it and we we, we played in their hockey I just remember this one memory like we played in their hockey arena and we were we were we were just we were playing in be- like the breaks between like the actual band that was playing so like the country band would play and then they'd take a break and then we'd go up during their like 15 minute break and play for like 15 minutes and the first when we opened for them it was kind of like everybody was trickling in so it wasn't really that big of a deal but um, at the time, I met my friend, Nim, and I cannot say his last name, and if he listens to this, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, he's a drummer, and he's a great drummer. And he, I remember him telling me when we went on for our, for our second part, he just told me, he's like, play loud, play fast. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I played a fiddle tune. We played it loud and we played it fast. And I just remember seeing it in this dark hockey arena, and there was tables around like the edge. Just seeing like swarms of people just coming into the middle of the dance floor, and just the whole dance floor was just full. And my mom and I were just like, "Wow, this is like you know, this is amazing." And so that's like one of my, I think one of my favorite memories. And but now it's great because like I have full support in my community. It's like done a whole circle. And, um, everybody's really, I don't know one person that makes fun of me for playing fiddle. They're all super proud of me. I have full support. And when I go home, cause I don't, I'm not always home. I'm usually, lots of times I'm on traveling or someplace. And when I come home, like, um, I'll be in our gas station or, and I work for my parents who are commercial fishermen and I'll be at the marina working and all the times, the first, things out of people's mouths is like, Oh, where he's been? Where have you been playing? Yeah. Well, you know, what have you been doing? And yeah. so it's really, it's really neat. It's really nice.
0: Yeah. That's great. I think it's a, a universal experience to feel pulled to your community and to your tradition, but also to have, um, desires and interests that are, uh, not going to be okay in that right. community, you know?
1: Well, and I think I, I'd like to, I think it's really neat too cuz I I've seen people do things that are kind of off the road a little ways. Yeah. And I just I think it's so neat to, you know, I don't like to be the person that, you know, and I know I'm not the only one that this has happened mm-hmm. to, you know what I mean? Like I'm and I'm pretty sure now I know that it doesn't only happen in native communities, you know what I mean? Sure. Like it happens lots of people have that happen, you know what I mean? But I think it's cool to see, you know, kids branch out. Like, I have a cousin, he went to Interlochen, and he graduated from Interlochen this this year, and he's going off to college, and it's just, I think it's for, I, I don't remember what it's for, but it's just, you know, it's really neat to see kids just branching out and feeling. And, like, even the kids, like, to be able to do what powwow dancers do is absolutely you know phenomenal and I am somebody like I am just I'm all about supporting anybody with what they do as long as they love what they do I'm totally about it and it's so cool to be from a community that has so many different you know different talents Mm. and to see everybody take so much pride in what they do and it's so cool like I really feel in our community like um there's so many people taking pride and I feel like there's a lot more people learning our language and those, I feel like the artwork in our community is coming back and it's Mm. really, really beautiful to see. Um, there's really cool to see people. Like I was sitting in our, um, in our clinic on our, on our reservation and somebody come in and they asked me if I beaded and I, I kind of do, I learned, I just don't do it as much as a lot of people do and It was just neat to see one of the guys come up and you know hey look what I'm working on and it was a medallion of of our of our tribe's um logo yeah and I was just like that's so cool you know what I mean and it's so cool to see um everybody sharing and I feel like I really feel like our our community is like coming more together from all of that so Hmm. yeah good yeah
0: Let's play another tune.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Thanks for talk- thanks for talking about that. I know yeah. some of that stuff's a bummer, and uh, but I'm really glad that you found a way to like um, do what you love and be with the people well, you love. Yeah,
1: and you know, yeah. like, and I guess I'll talk about this after this tune. Is there was one fiddle player who's actually on that medicine fiddle. Yeah. Who um, talked to me about like the drum for. Native people, like if you're a drummer, like you, you really like, and even like in the powwow, I guess the powwow scene or community, you really, they really encourage you to walk a good life, to live a good life. And, um, that fiddle player, he talked to me about that and he goes, and this, it all ties back into the medicine fiddle movie. He goes, the fiddle is good medicine. Yeah. He's like, and it's good medicine. He goes, he goes, it will, he goes, if you you know whatever he's like you'll live a good life he goes in ruby you're you know you're you're living a good life and he's like you know so always remember that and it was like it was a really really kind of special moment for me because i was just like you know i've never heard somebody say that but it was so neat to have an elder who i look up to as a as a fiddle player because he's a fiddle player tell me about that it was so neat so what do you want to play
0: well, I, I forget which tuning are you in right now? I'm in standard. Oh, you're in standard. Okay. How yeah. about I'll come down to you, because I forgot okay. that you play that A tune in standard. Stand- yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> I'm glad we played it second. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a more Métis adjacent Right, yes, tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not in origin.
1: So, uh, should I introduce these yeah, two? Please. Okay, all right. So, um, the next couple of tunes we're going to play are set. The first one is called The Whitefish on the Rapids. And the second one is called Mittens Breakdown, and yeah, they're it, it, both set of Canadian tunes, I believe. Whitefish on the Rapids, I think, I don't know if it was written by, but I know who I think made it more popular was uh, Rainy Cote, okay. who was another person on Medicine Fiddle. Mm. So, um, and he's just a fantastic fiddle player. Mm. So here we go. Two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs>
0: B flat tunes in a different tradition. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've,
1: I've grown to really love B flat. It's great. Slowly, it's a great Slowly, key. <sighs> and it has pushed me a lot. I um, the ending of that tune, I gotta thank Pierre Schreier on his cds for that because
0: that's a good tag
1: it's a great <laughs> tag <laughs> I, when i when i heard that i was like i have to learn that i was God, like God, i God have to tag. it's such a <laughs> such a fun yeah such a fun tag Ugh. i was like oh that's a great way to end a tune i was like yeah. that's a great way to end, you should that end all your tunes
0: yeah exactly yeah uh, well let's let's get back up to a for our final tune.
1: yeah 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 so yeah let's
0: do it But before we play this last tune, where do people so people can keep up to date with what you're doing on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On your Facebook page, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Is it just Ruby John or Ruby John Music? Or um,
1: you know, I don't tell people that they can't add me on my personal account. Okay. Um, but Ruby John Music is that that is that is where I'm. Getting better at putting all my yeah. stuff that I'm playing because so. you,
0: you got some little projects in the future that you're yes, cooking up, yes, yes. And so, yes. if people are interested, mm-hmm. they yeah, should follow yeah, you there, yeah, yeah, so they don't miss out, mm-hmm. okay, yes, great,
1: yes, for sure. Um, yeah, go follow me on yeah. Ruby John Music on Facebook and.
0: Thank you so much for taking a little bit of your time. Uh, oh, no, thank you. Time. This is this has been yeah.
1: great. um I love your podcast, so Thanks. this is, this so is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool to be a part of this. Yeah. Really cool
0: for me, too, to play with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's end on a decidedly non-Métis tune. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> this is uh, Gary Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, typically people play this pretty quick.
0: And yeah, let's lope it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to like and follow Ruby John on Facebook at Ruby John Music. You can find a link in the show notes. And don't forget to sign up for Janie's Jumpstart Camp in Portland. You can register at JaniesJumpstart.com or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Elderly Instruments for sharing the show on social media. You can visit their online store at Elderly.com. And thanks to Earful of Fiddle for having me out. Um, Y'all should definitely go next year. If you want to hang out with me twice a week, I have another podcast called think outside the box set you can find that wherever you get your podcasts that's all for now friends thank you for listening come back same time next week to get up in the cool